That's a problem I got. It's actually called the goodest boy. He just typed it wrong. Shut up, Russell Problems. We watch movies so you don't have to. Welcome to 50 Randy Quaid's hashtag quarantine edition. I am your host with the most Nicolas Cage movies. Chuck Banner. And with me, my co-host, as always. I'm the flashlight that'll set your curtains on fire. Tater Ricardo. And with us via Skype. JT fucking rich people money. (laughs) And if you you ask if you ask some people, uh, this is no longer a hashtag quarantine edition. There's a question mark next to it this time. Well, I mean, it is kind of for us because, I mean, like, we're not in quarantine, but you're kind of still in quarantine. I'm thinking about sticking with quarantine for the rest of my life. This is pretty good. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, fuck this quarantine. Uh, But this is episode 107 of 50 Randy Quades, and we watched Radio Not. Isn't that a Fuji song? Music video? That's what I watched before I came. Well, you watched the wrong thing. Is that going to be the trailer for this movie, at least? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I guess we're going to find out when we get there. Just the first five seconds of the, ho- the song, Lauren Hill going, ready or Dude, not? That's, that's ready good or enough not. for me. Little, like, because, you know, I picture from the video, like, the submarine situation, like, just immediately is in my head. Like, I just want to listen to that song right now. Can we just put that on? Well... We watched Ready or Not, and uh, if you have any questions or comments, you can go to 50randyquays.com and let us know what the fuck is up, and we will let you know what the fuck is up as soon as we get back from the trailer for Ready or Not, here I come, I'm counting to 100, then I'm gonna fucking kill you. That's the wrong song, Chuck. I'm sorry. It's the only (laughs) one I know. (laughs) I thought you were kind of going for the one that was in the movie, and you didn't even go there. <laughs> oh, I don't remember that song. I know it ended with uh, Gwen Stefani's version of Love Me Tender. Was that Gwen Stefani? It sure sounded it, I like thought it. the same thing, but I was like, no, nah, this sounds like better than Gwen Stefani, which, if it is her, good honor. It could have been no doubt. Could I mean, sure. Well, there is no doubt that we will be back in a few moments. Here's the trailer for Ready or Not. Again? We're going to start the count. Good luck. I can't believe that in half an hour, I will be a part of the Ladomas Gaming Dynasty Empire? Uh, Dominion. We prefer Dominion. I honestly can't wait to be a part of your family. There's just one more thing. And then you are officially part of the family. So, at midnight, you have to play a game. Why? It's just something we do when someone new joins the family. A game. What game? Hide and seek? Are we really going to play that? The rules are simple. You can hide anywhere. We then try to find you. So there's no way for me to win, right? And stay hidden till dawn. <laughs> no, thank you. Good luck. What the hell is this? How old is this thing? You shot the maid. Does she look like she's wearing a giant white wedding dress, Emily? <laughs> Holy shit! I had to play along so that I can get you out. It's insane. They think they have to kill you before sunrise, or something very bad will happen to the family. If we don't find her and perform the ritual, we're all dead. Found her. Crossbow. Ah, I forgot my gun. Why don't you just use mine? Mr. Lodomas, I just saw her running. 
my god! You're just another sacrifice. Do you think this is a fucking game? Yes, I didn't see. Remember? He wanted to get married. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Hiding from people trying to kill us. Oh, not just people, in-laws. Yeah. Yeah. Good cheesy last fucking oh, line. I love it. was the perfect cherry on top of this ice cream sundae. I loved it. So <laughs> this is slightly unlike most 50 Randy Quaid's episodes where we've thrown a little bit of spoilers in there before we give you guys the spoiler warning. But... You know, we like to give you a warning and let you know that after the warning, spoilers are going to be flying left and right, mostly left, but sometimes right. And after the count of three, all spoilers can happen. Anything can happen. We'll let you everything. We'll we'll tell you everything about the movie, ready or not, or at least we mean to. And that warning is coming right now. One, two, three. You know who didn't get a warning? The bride. <laughs> <laughs> no, because Alex, oh man, like he was never even a good guy when he was supposed to be, and I don't know if he was even supposed to be a good guy, but when she still trusted him, he was still a fucking slimy heel. All the way oh, to the yeah. end, but he got slimier and worse. But fuck Alex. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, there was really no good people in this entire movie except for maybe uh, Adam Brody's character, Daniel. How was, uh, no, the aunt that was doing drugs all the time. How was Grace, how was Grace not a good person? Oh, well, I mean, she was a good person. Dude, she was just marrying him for the money. <laughs> doesn't make her a good person. Just because you're running for your life doesn't make you inherently good. <laughs> well, I would say she was a good person based on what we knew, but you knew who I was talking about. I was talking about all the other people in the movie outside there, of her. There's character. not a redeemable character in that entire family. The babysitter. The babysitter. Yeah, wasn't that the babysitter that was watching the kids? No, she's probably no, just she one was of the one maids. of the daughters. Fitch was the married in son to I think it was Emmy, Emily. She was one of the kids. Yeah, no, she was he's uh, Tater Ricardo is talking about the person that was reading to the kids. That was the first one. Oh, yeah, oh, I'm not, I'm not talking the about the help. The help is definitely made to be inconsequential and dispensable in this movie. That's the whole. That's <laughs> the whole point of them is to be gagged ass. It's fucking. It's such. This movie has such good commentary on that sort of shit, while not like beating you over the head with moralism. It's just like, oh, we're gonna be black as fuck with our humor. And just comment on how fucked up rich people are. <laughs> so if you couldn't tell, this movie was a comedy and a horror with a dash of mystery sprinkled on I'd say on there top. was a good I mean, heap there of mystery. There was a good mystery. heap of mystery there. It was pretty predictable mystery. I'm not, whether or not it's predictable doesn't mean their intention wasn't a whole bunch of mystery. But it was also, I would also argue, there was a, a nice heap of action movie thrown in here, too. Yeah, I'll agree with that. I think you could kind of toss that in with the horror because of the... Horror doesn't necessarily mean action, horror Yeah. Horror can mean action, but I don't think the action here was horror-based. Like, her in the kitchen with the gun and the butler, that felt more, and the score on it, too, felt more like a tense action movie scene than a horror movie. That was like some solid Right. I definitely didn't look at it as an action-style scene just, just because... Just to the score on it. That's what really gives it away, I think. Well, I, I think that there's... It's it's more suspense than it is action. But I think it's definitely more comedy than anything I'm, else. I'm talking about that particular scene. No, I'm talking about that specific scene. The specific scene in well, the kitchen. Well, tension is part of action movies, and then it turned into an action scene when she bashed him in the face with a fucking boiling kettle of water. Like that's true. Bruce Willis has been hiding behind kitchen counters. Well, yeah, since but it's also smack dab in the middle, like. That's just like I feel like a horror trope. Like they take. Listen, from... buddy, you can view that however you want. I'm telling you, I look at that as an action influence in this movie. So there you go. 
Well, I could tell you that you're I don't wrong. I fucking care, Chuck. Suck my dick. I'll be the deciding vote. I don't care. This is a creek chat. You're not right, JT. I'm always right. Hey, hey, listen here. You're shut not up. right. Shut you're up, Russell right. Problems. <laughs> you're not right. But you know what is right? That this movie was rated R for violence, uh, bloody images, language throughout, and uh, uh, a tad bit of drug use. I think it could have easily been PG. I don't see why people wouldn't let their kids watch it. <laughs> yeah, because those two kids were getting ready to sacrifice Grace to Okay, Satan. so the sheet that you sent me doesn't actually state what the rating is. It just says rating. Oh, I know, but it's, I remember it. I'm sorry, I it stopped listening R. when you gave the rating, so I had to check in. R. Okay, that's what I figured. R for Ricardo. I also forgot to put in the IMDb breakdown, but I wrote it down. <laughs> I didn't even mine. catch that. That could have been a Russell problem. Uh, but this this movie was released on uh, what I believe to be a Wednesday, August 21st, 2019, debuting at number six Um that first weekend for $8 million, that's a pretty good uh, debut, especially considering this movie had an estimated $6 million when budget. When I saw that the budget on this was $6 million, I was really surprised. That seems like a low-ass number. And, yeah, it made it back immediately. Yeah, but it was but it was all in one, like, it, it's not like they had a bunch of different locations. Or really a star And there was not yeah, a lot of actors. it wasn't a star-studded cast either. They're, like... I'd, I'd say yeah. um, Andy McDowell's the biggest name Adam, in here, for me at least. Andy who? McDowell, the mom. Yeah, uh, I could agree with that. There's... I know the biggest name for you and a big pop for me too was Adam Brody. Like I know that. I I think he's most recognizable for me, even though I definitely recognize uh, Andy McDowell right away. As far away. as like star star power at the box office, Andy McDowell's a bigger name on the marquee. Oh uh, yeah, I would agree with you there. But no, yeah, this movie made a shit ton of money. It really, like, that blew me away too how much it pulled in. I never even heard about it until I was told. And that's and that's only good for number six on the list. And that's behind uh, number one in the box office that weekend. Uh, Angel has fallen for $21.3 million. I don't know what that is. Is it one of those Gerard Butler movies? I think it's like, yeah, I think it's like the third or fourth movie in that one. I don't even know if I've seen that one. I've seen the first two. Never seen any of them. I must have been missing this week because I don't remember most of these movies. That Neither do I. Number two is a Good Boys what? for eleven point six million dollars in its the second fuck is week. Good Boys. It's I about dogs. I I think it's that There's another movie Tim Allen dog movie with. It's actually called The Goodest Boy. He just typed it wrong. No, I think it's I think it's the movie that Seth Rogen does with the the kids. That is, it's kind of like a new super bad or something like that. Still doesn't help me, I don't think. I'm just telling you what I remember based on. on I got you. Tell me what you know about Overcomer. It's a problem I got. Uh, Nothing. (laughs) No, the number number three movie, brand new, eight point one million dollars. That's a really terrible. So I saw Overcomer on the internet last night, but I don't think it was the same one. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Number four. Is uh, Fast and the Furious presents Hobbs and Shaw, uh, Fifty Randy Quaid's movie. Yeah, I know that one. Me, you can hear you all of us talk one. about that one. Yeah, well, on uh, the, the the very past annual Christmas episode, I think it was the fifth annual Christmas Christmas episode, we discussed the Fast and the Furious it, presents. You know, one of the, Shaw. We should really call it the holiday episode. No, fuck that Christmas the, episode. Fuck that! I declare war on Christmas, dude. Well, declare war on I me. Can't, I declare war on Chuck Banner. Uh, uh, what happened? War declared. Christmas. Christmas should be spelled with a K because Caesar. That promised. was one of the last uh, pre-quarantine episodes. It was. It was. Yeah, it was. For the first couple episodes of the season, we did pre-quarantine, quarantine, and number five on the list: The Lion King, eight million dollars. Didn't week see six. this version of it. Haven't seen it yet either, but I uh, I have Disney's streaming service, so listen. I can you could watch also it. hear us talk about the live-action Beauty and the Beast that they did, and that one didn't super wow me. So I'm not going out of my way to see this Lion King. I can guarantee that much. I actually really liked that Beauty and the Beast. I think I rated it high, but it wasn't better than the original. I'm going to guarantee you I'm going to feel the same way about The Lion King. So I'll watch 
The Jungle Book one is I'll spend two hours watching another movie that I haven't seen. Like Ready or Not? No, this one I have seen. I own this movie. And you actually didn't need to spend two hours to watch this because it was only like an hour and 35 minutes. You're damn right. My favorite runtime on a movie is an hour and 35, or hour and 30 to an hour and 37. Right in that pocket. Yeah, it's about perfect. That's my pocket for a movie. I love it. 90s. Mm -hmm. 90s. So we mentioned that this came in sixth with eight million dollars on a six million dollar budget uh domestically this movie made almost 29 million when it made uh 28.7 million dollars and then in all foreign lands 28.9 million dollars this movie made a lot of fucking money it profited over 51.5 million dollars in all foreign lands (laughs) (laughs) Uh, that's how you're choosing to word that one yes (laughs) Um, <laughs> is that is it wrong? No, it's not wrong. It's just not fucking normal. It, it doesn't. It doesn't surprise <laughs> me that in all of those lands, this was popular because it had that that horror element is going to get it over in a lot of markets that we take horror from and make big over here too. Like the horror market over in Asia specifically, I'm sure this was big in Japan and I'd imagine China. Um, plus that. Didn't check the individual. And that's that's not really important because I I guess I'm right. And I'm going to say that I'm right because I said earlier I'm always right. But there was a lot here to offer for everyone if you were into horror and violence and action and suspense, Chuck, and tension. Yes. (laughs) Well, that's where it falls under mystery. This was a really good tension movie, guys. Tension's my favorite kind of movie. I'm gonna go watch like six tension movies tonight. This movie was written by Gary and uh, Christopher. A guy named Gary would write this. That makes so much. Are sense. those the ones with the ropes, Tater? Um, a guy named Gary. That does make sense. Yeah. And this movie was uh, directed by Matt Bettinelli Olpen and Tyler Gillett. You get better at reading names every day, or at least you get closer to what I would do every day. Which I'm going to, again, consider right. <laughs> uh, At least he doesn't try to do it with an not, not yet. The star main actors. Star main... I never talk with an accent. Star main actors. <laughs> no, you don't. You just... Uh, so Samara Weaving played our hero. Absolutely Grace. phenomenal performance. Top notch. Yeah, it was Could really good. Could not have asked for better from anyone in the role. And I'd never heard of her or seen her in anything before this. So for me, like... She looked real familiar. She looks a lot like Margot Robbie. That's who I Yeah, that's, that's what who I, I thought said. it was until I started watching the movie. And I was like, oh shit, this isn't her at all. Like the first time I saw it, I was like, oh, this is someone else. I I thought it was Margot Robbie when I watched the trailer. Like as soon as she starts talking, it's clear that it's not her. But no, Samara Weaving really just Without her, I don't know if this... It would still be a really good movie, but she just is perfect for this role. No, oh, yeah, she did a great job. And show. really gave me a thing for brides smoking cigarettes and bridal dresses that have been torn at the bottom and wearing dirty chucks underneath. Like, those are two images and that blood. I'm enjoying in my head right now. The blood I could give or take. I mean, I'm fine with it either way. Yeah, as long as I'm either giving blood or taking blood, that's fine. Right, Exactly. You get it. Her uh, her husband to be was Mark O'Brien, who played Alex. He played a good ass slime ball in this. He was good in his role too. He was. I mean, there wasn't really too much bad acting in a, this movie. Actually, I thought there was a lot of bad acting in this movie. I thought the movie on the acting front, like, well, I mean, I feel like the terrible. the people that they needed to play ridiculous were good at playing ridiculous to the point tater it was either intentionally played bad or cast so perfectly with people who would play it bad in the way that this needed to be played to get that satirical edge it was going for like because it didn't i don't know there there was definitely some parts that i thought were uh it wasn't outlandish enough to be intentional like there was definitely some parts where i was kind of like whoa that was awful that's something i expect in a so I guess it's something you expect in like a fucking B horror movie, but a B horror movie that takes itself seriously. Uh, Adam Brody plays Daniel, Alex's brother, and I don't know, maybe the best man. I don't. They didn't really show much of the wedding, and which which may, like led me to believe like does Grace not have a lot of friends, or were they not there, or 
Was this just like a family thing? I think they kind of touch on in the beginning when, like right after the wedding ceremony, I think her and the mom are having a conversation or I'm making this up in my head because it's either this or they provide nothing, that she doesn't really have any family or anything. I, I, I don't really, I don't know. They don't really address why no one for her would be there. Or maybe they were and they all just left. Yeah, I mean, at a certain point, they're already fucking like when they cut to the night after the wedding. There so is like this. It's all on the same night. It's all on the same day. Right. But, or, right. But like the night after the day the wedding was like, it's already almost midnight when they start fucking and the ants in the room. So like her guests could have easily have already gone home. At oh, for point. sure. And the the father, I think, was Henry Zerny. He I played did. Tony. To- they they just gave Tony. first names, not I, dad. I, I'm going to guarantee you that's dad, Tony. They probably called him Tony at some point. Maybe they didn't. I don't know. But Well, the same thing with Annie McDowell, and they just have her called Becky, and that was the mom. Tony and Becky are the 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 royalty of the family? Yeah. yeah. And then Melanie... Scarfano plays Emily, and her uh, husband, I believe, is Christian Braun Fitch. Yeah, Fitch. Fitch. Don't be a bitch, Fitch. Who was hilarious. You got this, bitch. I love how he's looking up the fucking YouTube video on how, like, like uh, what was it? Uh, get to meet your crossbow. Uh, also, Fitch reminded me so much of, uh, not just, he kind of looks like him too, but... Uh, uh, in his role in this movie, of uh, the guy who played um, Otho in Beetlejuice. Yes. Oh yeah. Yes. Um, his role was almost he, the same. Like he was just kind of like having fun. Well, with he also shit, googled you know? "packs with the devil," real or bullshit. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, yes. He was, and he would have definitely done that in Beetlejuice if they had. Well, if someone interrupts. You know Someone interrupts saying? that search by texting him, what's up, dog? And he's just back. He's like, nothing much. Family <laughs> he's all like, shit. oh, what's up, dog? Idiot. Yeah, like, just, just doing family, family shit. shit. <laughs> like, he's so aloof about it until it comes down to the actual sacrifice later and he's pissing his fucking pants. Oh, yeah. But still want to They all want to do it because they know what it means. They yeah. just show. That's what I love about the, the family in this movie is they show varying degrees of what it would be like to be in that position. And how a person would react. Like, each person is their distinct personality of the rich people that they're lambasting. The empty and shallow well, and greedy a- and fucking wicked. And, all like, just wrapped up in all these dis- different characters. It's like the, um, when, uh, Ortho and Mom are walking down the hall and he's all like, it's like, man, how, like, how does this normally go? And she's like, there's no normal to this. This has happened once in like the last 30 years. Yeah, 30 years. She's like, it's been, it's happened once since I've been in the and family. every single person in the family that was there, except for the people who had married in, like the, the blood family, were at that last ceremony too. Some were too young to remember, yeah. but yeah. they were all there. And that's what they open the movie on, is like this hunting scene in a mansion. And you're... None of them were too young to remember. The youngest two would be the groom and his brother, and they would they definitely. No, the, the, oh, the, Emily, Emily might have been younger, because she oh, brings yeah, up I think right. when they're out in the goat stable, like she doesn't remember like that night. And Alex remembered it, but he represses that motherfucker. You know that, or he tries his damnedest to forget that night. But Daniel, well, Daniel definitely drinks because Daniel's of that so fucking just. Oh yeah, he's at another level. He's the Adam Page of the movie. Oh, yes. Yeah, my whole family is just, like, fucked. Well, she gets an out. She gets an out. He gives her, and again, not to put it on her, like, he tries to kind of do later. But he says in the beginning, he's like, "You, I'm giving you an out. Doesn't tell her why, so she's not going to take it. And she, she was like, what are we going to do? Say thanks for the presents? Go fuck yourselves? And uh, having seen this movie, and even the first time, I was like... Yes, that's exactly what you do right now. Because nothing good's going to happen from this point forward. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the IMDb breakdown of the movie Ready or Not, Here I Come. A broad night is taking a sinister turn when eccentric uh, new in-laws force her to take part in a terrifying game. And the game's not terrifying. It's just hide and seek. What's terrifying it's about the most it dangerous game. is she doesn't know 
that she's playing for her no, life. No, yeah, but the rules of this game of hide-and-seek are what make hide-and-seek terrifying. So, yes, hide-and-seek hide yes. is terrifying in this situation. It can be a terrifying game. In this case, it is a terrifying game. And it is every time that card comes out of the magic box. What about uh, what about Ice-T? I've got... Was his game terrifying? I've got some in my fridge right now. Ice-T? He survived the game. That's a good movie. Have you seen that movie? Surviving no. the Game? It's a movie I own. It's fantastic. You've never seen Surviving never the seen Game? Surviving the Game. Fucking rich people. Is it, is it yeah. the deadliest yeah. game? It's, yeah. It, yeah, I was going to say, it's very similar I'm to this movie. I'm familiar with the concept, but, but I've never seen that iteration. They take, they take Ice-T, who is a homeless person, they take Ice-T to an island and hunt him. Well, not necessarily an island. It's just like the hills. Or, yeah, they take him to wilderness. It, it's like a secluded wilderness area, and they basically tell him, like, like they're taking him out there as like a camping guide or something like that. Like, although why would you take a homeless guy's camping guide? Right. And they're basically like, they wake up the next morning and they're like, all right, get the fuck out of here. And then he's like, what are you talking about? And they just shoot at his feet and he's like, we're going to fucking come after you, but we're giving you a head start. So Run. is this the point in the episode where you drop the trailer for surviving the game? Okay. Yes, yes, I just wanted yes. to make sure that we were on episode 108 <laughs> now. When we get back from the trailer for Surviving the Game, <laughs> we will continue talking about Ready or Not, Here I Come. We're gonna fucking kill this bitch. Why would you want to kill yourself? Maybe I like the idea of choosing when I die instead of having somebody else choose for me. If someone offered you a good job, would you be interested? What kind of job are you talking about? We need someone to help us with our hunts out in the wilderness. Are you sure about this one? Oh, I'm sure. Have you got courage? Gentlemen, I would like you to meet our new hunting guide, Mason. Here's a toast to the hunters and a prayer for the hunted. <laughs> <laughs> the hunt begins now. Just let me get the dog for you. Go, go, go. We're not really going to hunt him, are we? He's nothing. He's less than nothing. Come on, Mason! I don't take any part in this. I want you! If you make it to civilization, you live. If you don't, maybe God will have mercy. I think he's gone back to the cabin. None of them has ever done that before. It's Mr. Mason! What's that smell? Everybody out of the cabin! I like not being rare. Well done, bitch. Jack Mason knows he's going to die someday. Damn, we should never start smoking. But today, he's not in the mood. This is where it gets interesting. Never underestimate a man who has nothing to lose. Rutger Hauer, Charles Dutton, Gary Busey, F. Marie Abraham, William McNamara, and Ice T. Surviving the Game. Directed by Ernest Dickerson. Well, the general idea is anytime someone marries into this family, they got to play this game. This game is you put a blank card into a magical box that the patriarch of the family got for some trader overseas back in the day that has made them rich and powerful. Oh, they, through a pact with Satan. Well, yes, it's all through a pact with Satan. They imply at one point... Labelle. Uh, Labelle or whatever the fuck. Labelle. 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 Well, they imply that a lot of other or all other rich families also have these similar pacts with the devil. So, like, this isn't a unique thing that this family has. But every time someone marries in, you put the card in, you put whatever game comes out is what you play. The only bad game is hide and seek. And that's what she gets. Well, here's the motherfucker about it, too, though. Because even if you survive this game and decide you want to stay in the family, like say Chastity or Charity, the one who married Daniel in the movie, if she would have pulled hide and seek and she would have survived, like obviously they all would have fucking, we all know what would have happened in the end anyway. Yeah, they all would have died. Right. But say that wasn't a real thing. It was just superstition. She would have married into that family and stayed there happily. And it wouldn't have been a fucking issue whatsoever. Whereas Grace would not have done that with her surviving this. And it's a great thing that they all fucking blew up and died. But there's no winning this game for anyone except for Grace. 
Well, and then even still, there's a lot of uh, like what happens next. Like, what's Fitch gonna do? Fitch ain't gonna be able to mentally handle being involved with the sacrificial murder. He's gonna do what Daniel did too, and just turn into a fucking alcoholic or a cokehead like his wife, and end up in an early grave. His wife really enjoyed she, it. She, she, but again, she came up in it like it was part of her family from childhood. Yeah, you're right. Fitch doesn't have the constitution for this shit. Yeah, so this Daniel's magic wife really liked it. Though. Oh, she loved it, but she didn't. Yeah, she, she barely. When she had the gun in her hands later, and then shot her husband in the neck, she lost her constitution there. <laughs> and at that point, Grace was a hardened yeah. warrior and just charged right in and got that gun. I was like, oh, she's had a long well, day. Yeah, because people have been trying to yeah, kill she's her had a all long night. night, and she's over this shit. She's in a pit of dead bodies for God's sake. Yeah, yeah, that was fucking crazy. Well, there was only one dead human body in there at the time even still but now there's like what five was it the goat pit oh yeah there's the three yeah. the three servants yeah, but... who else ended up down there three servants the guy that was already down there um daniel and alex right, right, right. or would have been uncle right <laughs> i guess he technically got married so his <laughs> yeah, uncle their uncle um and uh probably the chick in the dumbwaiter yeah, but she hadn't been down there yet, but she will get no, there. No, no, there was only one down there then, but now it's, there's like five in there. It's a pit of dead shit, no matter which way you slice it. Well, yeah, it's now, it's just, uh, now it's just, everything is just ash now. Which, by the way, is the new rage I saw on HGTV, get a pit of dead shit in your house. <laughs> that was in the barn, at least. I saw it on the property, brothers. Well, you definitely want to have a pit of dead shit in your sacrificial goat barn. That just goes without saying. Yeah, Absolutely. I like how they have a whole barn of goats they sacrifice. Like, that's got a fucking... Yeah, well, I mean, apparently that's what they do in this fictional setting for Satanism. Listen, does, do you guys know any Satanists? Personally? Like, sacrifice, sacrificing... Not any goat. real you, Satanists. After you sacrifice the goat, like, do you get to eat it? Cause Why not? Goat meat's pretty good. I'm pretty sure good. you do. Why wouldn't you eat it? Maybe... I don't, maybe I don't part know, of sac- like maybe devil's... part of sacrificing is also just leaving it in the, the fire and you it? sacrifice it entirely. Like you don't even get to get it. No, you don't leave it in the fire. You throw it in the pit of dead shit that the properties brothers put in your house. No, why don't you just cut them like a good a good portion of it, like a, like a good <laughs> steak, out of good it. goat steak. <laughs> Give them the chops. Yeah, be like, I'll give you the best cut on this thing, and then we'll look eat up a the few, rest, because we need to look fucking Look up a eat. few Jamaican recipes, mm, you get in there on some goats, too. Mediterranean, yeah. oh, and Middle some Eastern recipes, some shawarma. Ooh, girl. Yeah, so I mean, like, quite honestly, there's not a ton to talk about in this movie, other than maybe just, like... It was a lot funnier than I expected the first time I watched it, because this was also the second time I seen this movie. Um, I had seen it before just because I wanted to see it, and uh, I really enjoyed it both times. I, I thought it was really a lot funnier than I expected. It, yeah, it definitely didn't shy away from the humor. It didn't pretend like it wasn't trying to be funny. It really, throughout from back to front, was like, no, this is most, I'd say comedy is its most consistent genre from back to front. Yeah, I would agree with that. That's how I wipe. That's the best way to do it. That's what I've heard, at least. <laughs> so after she finds out that this move or that this game is uh, apparently life or death hide and seek, because as much as Alex was kind of a, a douche, and at the end of the movie he shows his true colors, he is trying to like help her throughout. Well, he did until mom talked him into his birthright as the head of the family after he'd been chained to a bed for a while, and then. I don't think that was when he made that decision. No. I, thought, I thought he made the decision when he realized that no matter what happens, he's going to lose everything. So he might as well just lose one wife as opposed to his entire I think family. it was a, like that was to me the beginning of the domino effect that started that was also knocked over by um, Daniel getting shot in the neck and dying in front of him. And then he walks in on his mom being beat to death. By his wife. Right. It was all of those things. But I think it started with his mom sitting down and being like, here's the truth of the matter and you know that this is it. You wouldn't have even had her pull a card if you didn't think it was true. And I think in that moment is when he realized she's fucking right. And I knew that all along, but now I'm forced to confront it in the final moments. And it was all the death afterwards that just, he lost his fucking cool. 
Well, yeah, because he was explaining to his bride to be before the wedding, like, or no, maybe it was after the wedding, because she was like, "Why didn't we just elope? Why didn't we do like? Why did we have to come here? You know, what the fuck?" And he's like, "No, like anything that's happened, like anyone in my family that has gotten married, like and not played the game, just mysteriously dies." Well, yeah, and I totally understand him not telling her in the first place, though. Because, like, the likeliness of it not just being fucking checkers, apparently, was pretty low. They've, like, definitely drove that home that, like, this is not something that is likely Yeah, it's not a, a yearly So, occurrence. in his mind, he's not bringing her to his, her death. There's no reason to tell her until it happens. That's, that's a tough... I don't know, though. I don't know. Like, that's the easiest way to approach it. I don't know if that's the right way to approach it, though. I don't know if that's the right way, but I get it. Like, I, I do, I don't too. Think, I think a good person would make that decision and still be a good person based on that. Why like, wouldn't... He's not a good person. He did other things later. He's a very selfish person. My thought is, and I know it's not always as simple, because some people absolutely need to get married. But why not explain to this person, like, I can't marry you, but we can be together like we're married for the rest of our fucking lives. We just can't actually get legally married because that's when this pact with the devil is enacted. Is that some kind of loophole? Yeah. If you could find someone who didn't care about marriage? Yeah, I would feel like that's what I was thinking the entire time, too. I was like, I was like, all right, because he was saying like he had said to her, he was like, I knew that you were going to leave if I didn't propose. I and, and, and that's it. I think they tried to portray her as the kind of person that she wouldn't have stuck around had he not proposed. So... And because like, what is like realistically, let's say he's getting ready to propose me and he instead proposes that idea where he's like, hey, I want to get married to you. But my family has a pact with Satan. And if we get married, that pact gets enacted. And there's a very slight chance that you could be playing a game for your life. And if you win we all die except for you and if you lose you die and we all win so why don't we just not get married but live like we're married that seems really easy to say but you know alex is more fucked up psychologically than it being that simple which is unfortunate it's not that easy to say because you're saying my family has a pact with yeah but they do that's the thing pretending like they don't but how many people are gonna believe that it doesn't matter if they don't believe it. If they don't believe you, then you've got to do the responsible thing and go, then I've got to end this because that is the truth. I got to walk. I'd still do it. Dude, the slight, the chance of it, go, if you know the chance of it actually happening is super, super slim. I I'm just not getting married. It's just not happening. That's that's how I'd play this. Yeah, but that's not because your family made a pact with Satan. Good point. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding. Because I love you. I made a pact with Satan. Married to the devil. I feel like this movie shoehorns Satan in, kind of, too. What? Oh, what if you did marry the devil? If you were in that family, you married the devil. Would the devil have to hide? So the devil would have to be a human, then. That's how you, you break the spell. You think you're getting the devil to marry someone? I'm not marrying someone. Dude, you, think you the offer devil your is? daughter up to wed the devil, and then once the devil's in the family, you fucking hunt that fucker and shoot him in the face. But that he has to pull the hide-and-seek card. Oh yeah, that's true. And I feel like he controls the game. It's not like you just get. It's not like you just marry him. You're like, all right, we're gonna I hunt you. I feel like Satan controls the game too. Like he decides when that hide and seek card. Is yeah, he's gonna out. be like, oh, we're playing, we're playing goldfish. So and not old maid like Ortho was playing. Well, she goes on the run. Like this movie, what it basically turns into when shit gets rolling is it's like The Fugitive, except it's a horror movie because it's just a chase movie from beginning to end. Like there's just constant running and catching and running and hiding and bad luck. So much bad luck. And unbelievable. She has a, a she has the greatest streak of bad But luck. is always able to fucking somehow work her way out of that situation, even down to the final attempt at the sacrifice as the sun was coming up. Just as simple as digging her nails into someone's hand. And still getting stabbed in the shoulder. Because her good her good yeah. her good fortune comes with bad injury. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but at least she lives. You gotta give so you gotta give good. blood as part of a pact to Satan, so yeah, her blood was given. It was spilled. 
There was enough flam. Yeah, her first major injury was she got a bullet through her hand, so that was a good way to start. You know, if they if the family would have succeeded and uh, actually like sacrificed her, do they get to eat her flesh after they sacrifice her? Like, I'm sure they could if they want to. Good meat. I don't know if I want to. This question about goats because I feel like the answer is the same. You think it's the same? If you can eat a goat, you Dude, can eat a human? Dealing with Satan. I think what, what the they would do is they would sacrifice her by killing her and throwing her in the goat pit, and then they would take a goat and they would slaughter it and eat it. Satan cares enough to make you sacrifice shit to him. There's got to be something he wants on that if sacrifice. You're making, he wants if the you're human. making... He wants the, the Listen, death. if you're making goat stew, you're making human stew. That's my stance on this. So do you think that they were cannibals? There's no evidence to indicate that, but there's no evidence to indicate they ate goats either. So this is a mystery. I'm just saying, if you think... Well, I think they ate then goats. You think they, they ate had a goat farm. If you don't... I don't think they ate humans. I don't why? think that I don't think that eating a goat makes you guilty of why eating a human. Why wouldn't they eat humans? I don't know. Why not? There was plenty... There was no flesh left on Uncle Bowtie when she fell in the death pit. Yeah, but they also had the arrows still in... Like that were still there too, so nah, I'm yeah. assuming they didn't. You know which cut around? You're those taking arrows. the best cuts of meat. Those are coming from the butt. Those are coming from the thigh. Those are coming from the cheeks. That's easy enough to take out. And when it's decayed, you're not gonna be able to tell that they took that and cooked it up real succulently in the oven. Like, come on. I bet you they used a bay leaf in it. A cup, cup. I think you guys both think that they're cannibals. I don't. I just think that they're psychos. I just hope that I'm with. I just need something to That's relate to. That's where I'm to. at with Tater. I hope that they're cannibals. I don't think that they are, but I hope. I know that they're Satanists. Sh- Shem for really? Because they had a pact with Satan. I'm pretty sure that same chant they used has been used in other movies in the past. Maybe it's an actual Satanic chant. I don't... I'm not a Satanist, so I don't know. But I've heard it before. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know that language. Well, they finally get a wrangled down to the sacrificial table to offer her up to Satan. And Daniel makes a face turn... And he put hydrochloric acid in all of, in the sacrificial goblet. Oh, that was awesome. They were drinking awesome. blood, too. That's, I mean, I, I hope they were drinking blood. That's what I meant. Was it goat's blood? Uh, yeah, because they hadn't killed a human in a while. Or maybe they took some from the unimportant dead servants. Nah, I think it... Because, no, because they kept... The ant kept on saying that that doesn't count. But you still drink their blood as part of the ritual. Because people kept on asking if... if if just a dead person but counts could, and the ant's like, that's not how it works. You have to kill you the bride. Drink someone else's blood as part of a ritual as long as you're killing the bride, which they were about to do until they all started. Yeah, I still think they were just drinking the goat's blood. I'm really disappointed you're not crossing the cannibal line. Well, I don't think they were cannibals. I think the fact that they were. Because, you know, I don't want to say that all Satanists are cannibals dis- here. Because that's what people I are going to think. disappointed. I know what that means. But I mean, for real, all Satans are cannibals. <laughs> like, Negative, it's okay Tater. if Negative. people think that. <laughs> Great. Now I'm going to have the freaking, the fucking Satanists and the cannibals fucking after me. Down your throat. We're not all Satanists. Are all cannibals Satanists? No. A are lot of them are Christians. <laughs> all ca- Christian all cannibals Catholics. is going to be the name of my death all metal All Catholics. Band. That's all- the whole point. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. They're all they're all eating Jesus. Weekly Catholic cannibals. Band name. Man, this fucking human won't it. transubstantiate. No, no, that's just, Catholic cannibals. Is just the name of a local Catholic bowling team. <laughs> <laughs> I can see the shirts now. Bowling for Jesus. <laughs> oh, so after she escapes the round table of death. That was a wicked table. I want that table. The pentagram table? When she kills, or does she kill? I don't know. Maybe that was before. No. Was that before the the table of death? When she hits the dad with, yes. the, with the magic that's lantern? That's right before she kills mom. So that's the magic lantern that causes that fire because that just seemed like a flashlight to me. Yeah, it definitely looked like. Yeah, a I don't flashlight. really. I I wrote it down. I was like, somehow she sets the house on fire, like with a flashlight. But, yeah, with a flashlight but here's lantern. The thing. Maybe because they said they only use things like their grandpa used back in the day. Maybe that was like a kerosene lamp or something, and it was just like well disguised. To not, dude, I don't know, I don't know, but somehow it started a fire. I'm calling bullshit. I don't know. On that. I don't know. It looked to me like a camping lantern. I could start a fire depending on what kind of camping lantern it is. 
Well, non-kerosene camping lantern. Yeah, LED <laughs> camping lantern. You couldn't tell if those LED or not. Hard to tell. So it looked like. It looks pretty. Well, flashlight-y. you know what it did though. It started a fire, so it definitely wasn't a flashlight. <laughs> Guys, we've got a pax with the devil, and we're gonna call out the suspension of disbelief when we get to a lantern. Wait, yes, wait, 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 yes, because yes, you could you really have a pact with the you devil. You don't believe in the devil? Where do you think cannibals come from? I don't believe from? in LED. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, that 5G will get you. Uh, All right, let's not talk about real conspiracies now. <laughs> okay, so uh, then, so, so after the fire, she gets away from the table of the round table of death, and then she just kind of like No, round escapes. table of death... Because everybody the dies. Death is before the fire. The table of final sacrifice where everyone dies is like the long dining room table that they use as a makeshift. Everyone's holding her down. Oh, yeah. Everyone's yeah, holding yeah, her yeah, down. Yeah. The kids are sitting there smiling. Like they're salivating at the idea of. Dude, that one kid was like, he was the all one who about shot her? it. Georgie. Oh, yeah. He got his first bone. Georgie that Porgy night. Pudding Pie. You know that's right. Put yeah. his boner in her eye. Well, then he also died that night. He got his last boner that night, too. Yep, first and last. Fully engorged to the point of explosion. He probably died. Yeah, he was probably rock have hard. You guys noticed, have you guys noticed that in movies, like even some really extreme horror gore movies, if kids die in the movies, you never see actually the kid die? Like in this movie, we saw every single adult, except for their mom who ran out of the room with them, but the kids ran out of the room and all you saw was blood splatter. I've been paying attention to this for years, and there is like no movies yeah, I know. that show the children actually. I really die. wish they just would have at least left the mom in the room to have her taking a really quick final bump of coke before she explodes. I think that would have been a nice little gag to have at the end. <laughs> she forgot about the coke. She's already on her downers. Man. Oh, that's right. She was on edibles. <laughs> <laughs> And pills. Yeah, Fitch was her home doctor. Yeah, what did he do? Was he like he, he married drugs? into the family? That's what he did. Who cares? They're you think rich. he did anything else? Well, I guess not. Not, a, not anymore. That. He was just what up, Doug? I think that's Doing family stuff. I think that's why the married the people who were married into the family were almost more into it than the family itself. Because the family itself was like rich their whole lives, but these people marrying into the family are like, fuck yeah, dude, I'll kill a person to fucking keep this shit. I think the yeah. other people have obviously been through this before and they recognize that even if you have to do it, it's still because right when it first starts, right when the card is pulled, everyone seems, or at least like the dad, the brother, like everyone seems reluctant to start the game until the game gets going and they yeah. are like, no, it, this needs to happen. But there's that reluctance of we've been here before, we know how hard this is to do and how much it sucks and it takes us a while to forget about it and then we get over it and it's no problem. But it's not easy. They don't want to be doing this. Yeah, the dad's never motivated by wanting to do it. You can tell he's motivated by. Fear. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're all afraid they're yeah. gonna die because of the curse. But the the people who are married into the family were the ones that were like, "Oh yeah, this is awesome." You know, even the aunt who did kill her husband was like, "No, she didn't kill her husband. She said she oh, yeah. wishes she did." But she was totally into it. But. Probably just because she loves Satan, but uh, the other two that were married into the family immediately were kind of like, I know Fitch was kind of like not wanting to work in it. He just kind of sat and watched YouTube videos and shit and the shitter. But like you could tell he was like, if this is how I got to get my money, like whatever. I I think as you saw the sacrifices go on, he was less and less of that though. I think by the end, like, I don't think had that, like I said earlier, I think if they would have survived that night. He wouldn't have lasted for very long because that would have fucked him up psychologically worse than anyone else in that room. Probably. Yeah, I agree with that. I think those kids would have bounced back better than him. Depending on what you mean by bounce back, absolutely. Like, if they bounce back to the norm of that totally fucked up family, yes, you're right. They are bred for that now. Well, I mean, the two kids I saw the last time seemed to live a pretty normal life up until this point. Well, I mean, you can say Daniel was clearly an alcoholic. And Alex ran away from his family and totally ignored them, and I'm sure didn't live a totally comfortable yeah, life sure. mentally, at least. Like they're all they come from a line of people who are going to be fucked. No, you don't grow up with that kind of money, that kind of house, and not end up some kind of fucked up. Well, it's like it's like uh, Alex even said in the movie. He's like, 
you know, you can do just about anything or you can be talked into doing just about anything and think it's normal or think it's okay to do if your family tells you it's okay. But it kind of turns out that they were right, though. Like, Well, I mean, that's how do you think racism spreads so easily? I mean, like, yeah, but no, it turns out that like they did have something to be afraid of. You know, Grampy made a pact with Cannibal Jesus and fucking like, like they had every right to be afraid. And I think that I think that um, they didn't know the threat was real. That's what makes them fucked up people in real life. But like that also kind of justifies them like one life for, you know, six or seven or the, the entire remainder of the family does not make them less fucked up for marrying people. But you know what I'm saying? Like if someone gets married, you have to do it. You don't have like, to do it. You don't have to do it. Yeah, it's a but real you don't threat. Ha- it's a real that threat. That doesn't mean you have to do it. You can face. You can yeah, face you can the just threat. Die. Go, I'm just gonna end. It's this. a trolley problem. It's a trolley problem. One person's life. No, it's, for the five, tro- it's the trolley you know, or, problem, or except you're also on the chopping block, so it makes it way more personal. Yes. And that's where. I, yeah. So like, I think it's justified. I think you could argue it's justified. I'd say that it isn't. It's only justified though because they did. If survival die. is the most important thing. Then sure, it's justified. But other than that, I don't know if I could get there. I think one life for. Seven is just. I don't think because my grandpappy made a deal with the devil a couple centuries ago or whatever, I should fucking have to kill an uh, innocent person just to make sure I survive. And I totally fucked. Like, let's pretend I'm Daniel. Like, what the fuck am I saving anyone for? Oh, Daniel made that, was willing to make that sacrifice. What the fuck am I saving anyone for? That's more what I would be like. Like, why would I ever, ever fucking do that for that family? Fuck that shit. I wouldn't care if people I'm actually related to now died. And I don't. I I wouldn't fucking <laughs> die if they did. If Satan wasn't like, come on. But Satan is real. I just think that this movie gives a bad name to Satan. <sighs> I I don't know. Do you want? Do you want to? The Bale's a cool name. Do you want to ex- like, expound upon that at all, Chuck? Why? No, it's just kind of a. You know, they they could have called him a gag on how you know. I do, I do love that they we all love Satan. they did show the Bale show up at the chair at the end. I did love that little touch. Yeah, she's all like, oh, fuck. Yeah, he shows up like gives her a little wink, like, good job, see you later. Yeah, like, yeah, you did it. Yeah, you broke the curse. But, like, you know, people just exploding out of nowhere doesn't prove his existence already. Here's what I... No, it's not that she didn't believe. It's just, like, all of a sudden, oh, shit, I saw him. And they did make a a point to say that nobody had actually seen him except for maybe Alex saw him when he was five. How do you explain that situation to the police later? Because she's, she's sitting on the outside. Sitting, exactly. Like, there's a whole bunch of human goo everywhere. How did they turn into human goo? Here's, I think, now that I think about it, how did they turn into human Now that I think about it, though, it would be pretty easy with the death pit. The death pit obviously had ritual killings in it, some fresh bodies. They were trying to kill me. The house burned on my way out. Like, I think, I think that alone... Go look in the barn. There's dead bodies. Like they were trying to. I don't to know kill how me. I forgot the goat pit, man. I don't know how I forgot the pit of death. I should have been remembering my lessons from home and garden. I, you know what? That, that just popped in my mind. I I was in, in line with you, JT, where I was like, "How the fuck is she gonna explain this shit to the police?" Because like, this doesn't look good. Surveillance footage did come back up at some point, so that would have also been on film. After Alex turned everything back on, unless they turned it back off, I don't remember. Though they destroyed oh, it. Oh, yeah, that's Alex right. Well, either way, but the surveillance equipment might have burned. That bit, no matter what. So we're good. That that bit's the gambit. If anything survived, the hoods, any of the ritual stuff, like you, you got that is even more strong evidence. But the death pits, the the key to not at least it backs up your story but also she's the last surviving member of that family which means she gets all that money anything that's in the bank belongs to her rightfully at this point and so at that point too what the the curse has got to be then lifted then huh yeah because that actual family line is now dead that's why they all blew up yeah they're done they're eliminated well, I guess, you know, well, the line, the, the family line technically would still carry on it to some extent, I guess. The name would. The name. Sure. But I mean, even if she, no, I mean, she would. Yeah, because she could have she could have children and not be married. And then, you know, 
like the dad uh, the disappears cur- the or something. The curse is broken because she defeated the family. They didn't sacrifice the sacrifice yeah. before dawn. They all died. Curse is broken. But does she inha- she doesn't inherit the curse because she's actually officially part of the family before I it happens? I think she would inherit it. I mean, I could be wrong. I didn't really think about that. I I looked at it as she beat the challenge. The, the pack that was originally made. I think that's the idea. Been... But she still gets the money. Yeah. Yeah, I would say that it, it seems like she beat the pack. They talk about aunts and uncles and cousins who don't get married mysteriously dying the next day. Did all of their situated... No, they got married. They just didn't get married there. Whatever. You know what I'm saying. Did all of them that are still alive out in the world that did get married properly, do they all blow up now too? They Mm. blew up then. People that weren't in the house. That was the point of the conversation is they died. The people that weren't in the house... Like, yeah. all related relatives. Well, I it, I think it's only the direct bloodline from the grandfather. Right, but there would be people who didn't live in that house that would be involved in that, no? Or were Not they all there for the ritual? Not necessarily. I think they were all there for the wedding. The direct descendant of dude's grandfather would all so be there. So people that were sitting out in the audience that weren't there for the ritual that night is what I'm talking about. But they might not be. they might not be directly. They might be like... The grandfather that made the pact, they might be relatives of his brother who didn't make the pact. Or friends of the bride, or friends and co-workers and the normal Listen, people. Listen, I just wedding. really... But not all of the people at a wedding have direct I'm not talking about. I'm not talking about all of them, but I'd imagine there's at least one person, or at least, again, I hope, there's at least one person who was related to them through this curse that would have been affected by this curse if they didn't get married properly and would have died that way, that was laying in their bed at home that night and just spontaneously blew up at the crack of dawn because the rest of the family I would imagine, yes, because the people who the people who didn't play the game died, so I would imagine that if they didn't show up for the game and they were in direct lineage, yeah, why not? It's Satan. I would Look. imagine most of those people are probably there. I'm just, what I'm picturing yeah. is in my mind, mo- or already Again, died. This is what I want to see in my head as a montage of 10 to 12. Someone driving a car. Yes, and then... 10 to 12 deaths in just places that you would, it would be so funny and extreme. Like in the shower. Like someone just blows up in the shower. Going down a water slide. Someone just fucking blows up. That's the up. sequel. It's just someone, an hour and Someone's and a half punching people. out at work. Someone clocking out at work. Oh, that'd Absolutely. be rough. Like anything. Yeah, driving. Oh, that'd be the roughest. On a roller coaster. In a helicopter, swimming in the ocean. These are all very right by, you just odd turn places. into chum. I just think it'd be really funny to see a video of people exploding in those places. <laughs> a, a shark feeder? Shark fear, exactly. The problem is if they explode, you don't get any good cuts of meat off of that. <laughs> all right, on that, I think uh, we're ready to rate this movie on a scale of 1 to 50 Randy Quaid's. IMDb gives this movie a 34 out of 50 Randy Quaid's. Well, since I... Who wants to start I'm it gonna off? I'm going to start it off because I picked it. I'm going to give this movie 50 fucking Randy Quaid's. Oh, his first I'm 50. Gonna do it. I realized immediately as it started going because I remembered... The, it, I've seen it once before this and I fell in love with it then. It, but it had been a while since I watched it. A couple months, I guess, so not too long. But watching it again, like I said earlier, within the first five minutes, I was like, I remembered every beat of the movie. I was like, this is so good. I love it. It just has everything I'm looking for in a movie. In all the genres that I want covered are covered. Not really romance too hard, but there's a romance angle within it that's sour, and that's fine. Sometimes that's how it goes. I don't know. I just I I can't find a fault with this movie. I think I've gushed about it enough throughout this whole thing. I don't need to go on forever right now but everything i think worked in its favor from the acting to the wardrobe to the sets to the score to just just every detail i think worked to what they were trying to achieve and they did a good job with it a great job with it so 50 random quotes yeah i don't necessarily disagree with you but i don't agree on the 50 i'm going to give this movie a Solid 34 Randy Quaid's. I take solace in the fact that you gave She's the Man a 50, so I feel okay giving this a 50. (laughs) And that goes to both of you. She's the Man is something that's right on my alley. I can't even just say that to one of you right now. That goes to both of you. (laughs) She's the Man was really, really funny. But Yeah, yeah. She's the Man was 50 50 times funnier than this movie. 
a 50 Randy Quaid's 50 times funnier, y'all are full of shit. And I'm not saying you should rate this a 50, but I'm questioning the 50 on the last one. I'm going to rate this a solid 34. I think IMDb is pretty much in line with it. I think it was a good, I think it was a great movie. Um, the first time I, I thought it was really good, this time it, it held up. Uh, it was, it was, this movie was really funny. Uh, it had a lot of uh, what I like in a movie that is like this. Like, that is kind of straightforward. Um, <laughs> I'm not a big fan of <laughs> the unresolved ending. Can you tell me what's on? Un- what, like what do you need beyond that? <laughs> what do you want, fucking Chuck? Do you want to go cash in a big check talking to the goddamn lawyer? Do you want to talk to Satan? <laughs> like, come on. No, it's just it's just a movie where you can't really get more resolved than that. It's just, it's not my type of movie. My favorite movies are going to be, obviously, like a romantic comedy. And those end the way I like most of the time but this movie was great it was fun um it wasn't too long and i think it is a perfect example of a 34 out of 50 randy quids yeah so uh, i'm giving it the the lowest rating of us all and i'm putting it at about a 30 it was kind of funny but it could have been funnier it was kind of horror but it could have been horrier it wasn't as funny as uh uh she's uh she's the man it was <laughs> it definitely was not as funny as she said uh it it was okay like if if I walked over at somebody's house and they had it on and I was sitting chilling just bullshitting with them, I would definitely stop and be like, "What the fuck is going on in this movie?" and watch it and probably enjoy it. And I did enjoy it, but like you know, was... if I walked into someone's house and this movie was playing, I'd sit down and I'd watch it. If I walked in and she's the man was playing, I'd assume that they had left the TV on for the last six hours and hadn't been watching it, and this just happened to pop up. So the first time I watched She's the Man, that's exactly what happened, and that's it was hopeless. So that, I think that's the fundamental difference between you and I, is that you would sit down and watch She's the Man, I would sit down and watch Ready or Not. No, I would have seen Amanda Bynes and stopped paying attention. I was just trapped at that point in time, and then I was like, wait a second, there's something to this. Okay, that movie was hilarious. <laughs> it was really funny. I think I gave... This movie was really funny, too. I really enjoyed the relationship between the bride and the groom in the beginning. I like even the dad's sense of humor was like... You know, he laughs when uh, at, or uh, when um, Daniel says, we all know who's your favorite. And the dad's like, no, I like all my children equally. And then just kind of laughs. Like, I, I thought that was funny. That's that I like that sense of humor. I like really dry sense of humor, which is, has a ton of... It was too much of a lot of things, and if they would have went a little more in any one direction, uh, I would have liked it better. You know, if they would have went more on the horror, because there's no real horror feel to it other than people were getting killed. Like, there wasn't any, like, real feeling... I think the idea behind it of, was more horror. Yeah, but there wasn't a real feeling of, like... Oh my god, this is going to happen, you know? It was kind of like, ha, that happened. Um it was funny, but all the jokes were there was nothing like outlandish enough, like you know, it doesn't have to be completely outlandish, but um it 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 didn't sell me on just being a comedy movie either. You know, I would have rather if it was a comedy movie with more horror, a horror movie with more com- or with some comedy. Um if this is if this was just a straight mystery movie, I would have hated it because every twist was super predictable. There wasn't really an aspect of the movie that wasn't predictable, other than I would say tiny the Satan worshiping, other than tiny little things. Nah, you get the Satan worshiping. Yeah, right away. the Satan like, worshiping is pretty hard imply from the start. The game is right away. Mm-hmm. The Satan worshiping from the opening credits. They open up with a shot of LaBelle. Um, Like, they're telling you what's going to happen from the start. Like, and that's where I'll agree with you on the sense that as far as a mystery, they give you mystery elements, but it is not a mystery. Yeah, but if they would have went more in a direction of either a comedy or a horror, it would have been less mediocre. Um, It is a good movie. Like, I, I, I was entertained, that's for sure. But I don't know. It just was, you know. Dude, I did not think I was going to give She's the Man a 50. Let's not give that movie any more time than it's already gotten on this episode. It got its (laughs) own episode. Well, I think we can all agree 
that you can catch all of our episodes on iTunes at 50RandyQuiz.com and wherever you get podcasts, except for Stitcher and... I don't know, man. I, I use know. Spotify now, and I use um, Podcast Republic to listen to our stupid shit. You can follow us on Twitter at 50 Randy Quades and like us on Facebook. Next time on 50 Randy Quades, episode 108, City Blues. So we're about to uh, start a Dawson's Creek-themed four-pack of movies for episodes 108 through 111 of 50 Randy Quaid's. The first being Varsity Blues starring James Vanderbeek aka Dawson. Is disturbing behavior on that list? It is. You know that it is. And let me let me just say right now, if you have not been listening to Creek Chat every Monday at 50randyquades.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts except for some places uh i and you're so inclined i would invite you to tune into creek chat uh we're having a good time over there we talk about dawson's creek for like an hour and a half at a time so if that sounds good to you uh we'll be doing that for a while now yeah we just finished uh episodes right now live uh at this time that we are recording this episode we just released episode seven tomorrow <laughs> this is gonna make an awful lot of sense when you release this. Yes, you're right. Yeah, yeah. You could yeah. just say the dates that these things are happening, and people can go, "Oh, well, this is long after then." Yeah, 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 yeah. This doesn't matter. But uh, until next time, we watch movies so you don't have to. Peace out. <laughs>